Hello? I guess I'm your host, Patrick Polk, and this is the Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast, and I'm here with Nick Spear, your usual co-host, but I don't remember. I don't remember how this goes. It's been a while. I don't know what's going on. What's going on with you, Nick? I'm so happy that you could fit this into your schedule this week. Hey, I had to view a lot of live podcast recordings last week. It was very stressful. Hey, there are tens. Let me rephrase it. There are ten. Wait. There are less than ten people who rely upon this podcast each week. Yeah, there's there's really not very many. That's true. But anyway, here we are. Back again. Back again. Yeah? yeah. No, I get Okay, well. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you didn't do that well, because then now we don't have to try to buy the rights to that song to play mm-hmm. in the podcast. Yep. Uh, so, we have had week 10 and 11 occur since we last recorded, and we are looking ahead to week 12, and there are only 13 weeks in our regular season. So, uh, there, we're really coming down to the wire, my friend. How are you feeling about the season? How are you feeling about how it's going? Uh, I was told there'd be no math, but other than that, hey, it's uh, it's shaping up to be strange. I look forward to when you inevitably have a heartbreaking loss. That is uh, a strong chance of happening for sure. I somehow am still at the top of the standings undeservedly. I continue to squeak by the narrowest of margins, two consecutive wins of less than one point. It doesn't get much closer than that. Uh, and somehow I am nine and two and alone at the top, and that is destined for disappointment for sure. Oh yeah, your your heart's gonna be broken like the first round. But yeah, I'm gonna look forward to that. I'm here for this train wreck. I I think if I win at least one game of my last two games, I will get a bye. So at least there's that. So I hope to not be in the first round. Honest question: Have you won a playoff game? I yes, I believe I have gotten fourth place one time. Okay, all right. I might be wrong. I have definitely made the playoffs multiple years, but it, there's a decent. I I'd have to look. Jen, Jen, <laughs> Jen, <laughs> Jen, help! I, I I need stats. Yeah. Can I have stats? Stats. So, uh, instead of doing the usual week ten and week eleven, because that would take a long time. Let's just take a detailed look at the standings uh, and see where things lie going into week 12, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. As mentioned, starting at the top, conspicuously, with the fifth most points in the league is me, Bill Swirsky Superfans, at 9-2. and two. That's right. I have the fifth most points, and yet I have won the most games, and it makes no sense. Yep. Yeah. Better be lucky than good, they say. Yeah, and I have been that. In second place, uh, alone in second place, is Casey Johnson, 8-3. and three, uh, And he has the fourth most points. So, continuing the trend there. Again, better to be lucky. Yeah, and, I but, guess. I mean, he's still better. He's He's got about 30 more points on the season than me. In third, in third place, uh, third most points overall is... Russ Wilson's Football Planet, Meg Collins. Uh, well, about... that, that, seem, that seems appropriate. Third most points, third place. Yep, uh, and uh, about 30 points ahead of Casey in total points scored, so 60 points above me. And then, 
tied at six and five, we've got three teams, which means three teams are currently in and everyone below them is currently out. We've got Vance down by the river, Abby Saul. You can't have Domingo. Continue. Mr. Boos. Mi- yes, Ms. and Ms. Boos. Yeah. And currently, number six, the last team in, currently named Mingo Dead by being a beaten. That is not a sentence. Mingo Dead by being a beaten. Well, if you can't beat the Mingo, <laughs> uh, you, have to, you have to kill the Mingo by being a beaten. Okay. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> there you go. So uh, Abby is currently first in overall points scored. Uh, you can't be the Mingo is sixth, and you are seventh. You might <laughs> be wondering if you're keeping track here of uh, all the points scored in seventh place. Jennifer Murphy, the ignorant sluts, the second most points scored in the league, five points be- behind Abby for first place. And yet she is in seventh place at five and six. Life is just not fair sometimes. Yeah, I I stole her good juju, I guess. She deserves more wins. She also has about uh, 275 more points against than I do. Yeah, I was just looking at this. She has, like, number one with the bullet with the most points scored against her. Yep. And Casey has the fewest, and I have the second fewest, and we are way ahead of everyone else. In points against, meaning way behind everyone else. So actually, there seems to be more of a correlation with points against than there is about points for. It's almost better to have to be lucky and have people not score points against you than to actually be good for yourself and score a lot of points. It's true. I've pointed this out before with Jen. Uh, it makes sense. Logically, there is often an inverse relationship between your points scored and your points against because you are one of the low scoring teams and you don't play against yourself. Uh, so you have a lot of points against, and when you are a high scoring team, you don't have to play yourself. And so you often have low points against, but that is not always the case as our crazy season is showing. So currently, That's very true. yeah. So Jen is the first team out, uh, but she has the second most points. So she would have a tiebreaker over anyone uh, that is only one game ahead of her. And then a uh, little bit further behind, uh, we've got the girly men, Annalisa, at four and seven. Good enough and smart enough, Meg Murphy at three and eight. And Peristaltic Chain Reactions, one and ten. Dead last, can you remind me who was his one victory against? I can't remember. Think. Yeah, think, I don't mm, think. Um, mm, I think it was no. you. I think he beat you, and that's his one fleeting victory. You know, you're a real son of a bitch. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank God to keep this explicit tag on. Yeah. Because I don't like you. I don't like your smell. I don't like your stupid glasses. You need a haircut, and you're a terrible person. But other than that, I'm cool. I think I smell okay. <laughs> that is the only rebuttal I will provide. <laughs> uh, so... The, the the action is obviously for the t- three teams that are um, four, five, six, plus Jen at seven. So let's look at their last two weeks looking ahead. Uh, obviously, we will not go in-depth for the Week 12 preview just yet, but just to look at what it's looking like, uh, Gary plays Peristaltic Chain Reaction Week 12, which is, uh, for everyone except for you, a free victory. Mm, see, I was going to make a joke against myself, and you beat me to it, but now that just 
Yeah, if I had said it about myself, I'd feel pretty good. But since you said about me, man, now I feel worse. Yeah. And then uh, week 13, he goes on the other end of the spectrum and he plays Meg Collins. So he has mm-hmm. one easy game and one hard game. Uh, you... That's not an easy game. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you play me in week 12, which is kind easy of game. apparently middle of the pack. Uh, and then you play Casey uh, in week 13, which is also points-wise middle of the pack. However, that would be the number one and number two team in the standings. And then... True, but the only good thing about it is if I remember correctly, at the beginning of the season with Casey, is that with his Packer and his Chiefs love, one of those two weeks that they have buys, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah, I think he had two consecutive weeks of very bad buys. And uh, definitely this was one of them uh, this week because I know that he just traded Patrick Mahomes to Jen and Patrick Mahomes is on buy this week. So that means he doesn't have Travis Kelsey, he doesn't have his kicker, um, but obviously he doesn't need Patrick Mahomes anymore because he doesn't have him anymore. Fair. Uh, kind of a great time. Kind of a great time to trade him. I'm not sure I would have traded him straight for defense, but you know, yeah, still a good time. I feel like the price was right for Jen. Uh, it was a big trade, big player, uh, but for a very out overperforming defense. So uh, it was kind of an unusual trade. A high quarterback for a high defense. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, Casey is like prepping for the playoffs he's not really even that concerned with the regular season it seems like he didn't even start the patriots defense the first week that he had them on his roster and it is be smart bit of a bit of a strange trade because i think we talked about the patriots only have like four or five weeks in a row where they actually care about playing football the rest of the time they just have a really really easy schedule so yeah it seems the patriots defense will be a good fantasy playoff defense but not necessarily going to get them anything anywhere in the regular season yeah uh the last six and five team the best six and five team by points scored abby saul week 12 plays annalisa who annalisa the girly men if you will no i know i'm not talking the boost the boost is playing uh, the girly men uh, okay. uh so yes annalisa has struggled a little bit this year in, in total points uh she's at four and seven so that's kind of a a medium easy game for abby potentially and then uh, the last week she p- plays Alex, uh, the the real the the battle of booses week thirteen. So Abby of the six and five teams on paper has the easiest final schedule. Uh, we'll see how that goes for her. And then uh, the last bubble team, as mentioned, is Jen, one game behind all three of those. Week twelve she plays Meg Collins, which is not probably what she wants. And week 13, she plays Annalisa, uh, which maybe is a little easier. So Jen has to make up one game on one of the three of you and get a tiebreaker. And she currently has a decent tiebreaker advantage over everyone except for Abby. So that's kind of the playoff picture. What do you think? Uh, I think I'm going to need some complicated playoff scenarios uh, in this upcoming week. I want to you know, win, lose, win, and you're in, out, you're whatever. But... The, the slots are just lurking back there, just biding their time. Powerful because, sluts. Yeah, well, <laughs> if there's one thing I know, you can slut your way to the top. Exactly. What, so, what? yeah, it, it's, it is weird because it's really, unfortunately for Annalisa, Meg Murphy, and uh, Alex, they're 
they're effectively out of it. I guess maybe Annalise could get in if there's a really strange chain events. Yeah, that would be really not, hard. It's but not with her point total unless she goes off the next few. So really, it's uh, seven of us playing for six uh, slots, and three of you guys are almost guaranteed in. It's really the middle three, with then Jen being the the uh, first one out, uh, that are the only people playing for anything right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want to be in the top two if you're already in. You would like to get into the top two to get that buy. Um, but, yeah. And I guess, you know, like if Abby is in and on the bottom Ooh. half, if the booth is you. in and in the bottom half, uh, you want to be on the opposite side of the bracket as her, I would guess. So, I mean, I guess if both Abby and Jen are in, the bottom half of the bracket sucks anyway. So, I guess it doesn't really matter. This could be like last year when we were podcasting. I said this is going to be an honor to be nominated. Because I knew if I had somehow made the playoffs, which I eventually did, I was just going to get smoked by Jen. It's probably going to be a situation like that, where the two people skate in towards the bottom, but they have to go against like a couple powerhouses and just get like absolutely destroyed. Yeah. it's it, Whoever plays Abby and hopefully for my household, Jen, will probably have a rough first round. Uh, we shall see how it goes. And then whoever had the bye who has to play them will also be in for a fight for sure. Two, three, four. So I'm just counting this up. Currently, it's one, two, three, four men in the playoffs and only two women with, obviously, Jen lurking. So finally, the men are going to break through that glass ceiling in fancy, fancy football. That would be something. That would be a change of pace for sure. That being said, it's going to be a woman who wins it anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yep. So talking weeks 10 and 11. Hey, Nick, what happened with our bets? Weeks 10 and 11. Well, glad you asked. Now, I won't go game by game because there's going to be, you know, 10 games to go through. But I will say, in short, you did not have a hot week 10. You went two for three. That's not great. Uh, that being said, we both picked incorrectly with uh, picking on Alex and Abby uh, week 10. So we both got those wrong. But when I played May Collins, I picked me. You went with Meg. That was the deciding factor. So I took three games to two. So I won the week 10 and then you decided to go off again and even though even though i want to say there's an asterisk you did not say which meg was beating the other meg but i'm gonna give you credit for it because i want to think you're honest for full disclosure i texted nick my picks because we did not record and i gave just first name over first name and i jokingly said meg over meg because i knew it was ambiguous however Based on this season, it is clear that I would have gone Meg Collins over Meg Murphy. Sorry, Meg Murphy. Not that you listen. Um, <laughs> Fair. Doesn't matter. But uh, I was expecting you to respond to my text to say, ha ha, funny, who are you picking? But you never did. And so it just went unanswered uh, and remained ambiguous. But it is. But thank you for giving me the benefit of the doubt. I was trying to playfully pick Meg Collins, but didn't say Collins. Let's be uh, accurate. Comedy is not your strong suit. So just stop with all the jokes. Lily you thinks just... I'm very funny. Mm, well, well, what about Kit? She thinks I'm funny too, yeah. Okay, well, you yeah. know. She doesn't get yeah. my uh, verbal humor very well, but she likes my faces and she likes it when I tickle her. I would say, you know, she's still at the age where poop's funny, so. Hey, good for you. Lily thinks poop is very interesting this is i don't want to get into detail here but 
Uh, she really wants everyone to know about her poop when it happens. Look, we've all taken a poop so nice that you want to go and tell someone about it. You just get to an age where you realize you cannot do that. And, but so, it's like, it is every night with Lily. <laughs> well, hey, yep, yep. She's finally mastering the control of her own functions. So, you know what? You want to tell people about it. Yep, yep. Yeah, so fair enough. Moving on to week 11. Uh, oh, yeah, not moving on. We're still at week 11. Again, you went for five for five. Hey, I, you kind of just glossed over that. I went four for five, so you took the win in week 11, and this also makes your, let me count this up, I know I did it already once, one, two, three, fourth perfect week. So you take another win. Yay! Which, which puts us two. In terms of pure head-to-head, I have won four weeks. You have won six weeks, and we, of course, tied one week. In terms of total wins, which is more just an aside, because we decided it was going to be head-to-head, uh, you have 38 correct picks versus 17 incorrect picks. I have 35 correct picks for to against 20. So we're still reasonably close, but I think with only two weeks left to go, I'm going to need a little bit of help if I'm going to pull this one out. Yeah, it seems like the best you'll do is tie for the weak picks with two weeks. Correct. So, But since we still don't have terms, which, again, listeners, all six of you, if you have any ideas for what Pat and I need to bet, please feel free to shout out. Yes, indeed. So, uh, I think... Oh, obviously. Sorry, I almost went... I almost missed something very important. Let's look, as we do at the end of our week recap section, check out the TD Ameritrade Fantasy Trends Final Standing Projection Draft Day versus Current Projections. I think that's the best I've said that part. Pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Uh, it is still a little crazy, but it is now very clear that it is heavily influ- influenced by your current record. Um, it has me as first. It has Abby at second. It has Meg Collins at third. Uh, it has, unfortunately for Casey, who is currently in second, He has it has dim- him down at fourth, Gary at fifth, you, my friend, who have been rock solid at seven all season long, you're up to six, which would be mm. in the playoffs, as you are aware. Technically, I like it because it's an improvement, but I was kind of digging the rock solid seven. Yeah. But oh well. Uh, Jen is currently in seventh, first one out, which will not make her happy. Uh, good enough and smart enough, surprisingly to me, eighth, because she is pretty solidly ninth place in the standings. Uh, girly men, surprisingly ninth and unsurprisingly parasaltic chain reactions in 10th. So that is the TD Ameritrade fantasy trends, final standing projection draft day versus current projections brought to you by TD Ameritrade. This is what happens when you don't set your lineup. Yeah, that definitely, uh, the last, the bottom teams are the ones that have not set their lineups. That is for sure. That'll happen. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Well, with that quasi fast recap behind us. Do you know what time it is? Mm. Time. No, no. Come on. All I know yeah, was that's right. That's right. It's podcast halftime. Welcome back. I missed it. You missed it. Everyone except for Nick missed it. True. Hey, Nick. Yes. Do you have a sponsor? 
This week's sponsor is Disney Minus. <laughs> yeah. So, do you like all your Disney shows? But do you want them in terribly cropped functions? Do you also like knockoff, cheap, Chinese brand mascots? Ones that have some vague similarities to the things that you know and love, but without all the stuff that really makes it exactly what you remember from your childhood? Disney Minus. Poor Disney. I would not I think doing okay. want to pay for Disney Minus. That doesn't sound like a good use of my funds. To be fair, it's very cheap. How much? Uh, $2.99. I'm in! Yeah, but you got, <laughs> but um, to be fair though, you have to pay with credit card and you send it to an overseas account and they're probably just going to steal your credit card number and rack up some charges. So $2.99 is going to get charged. Then you just have to dispute the rest of the costs for like at least four months. But you'll get that money back from your credit card company. So you're really only paying the two ninety nine, but it's a lot of hassle. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And and someone in China is going to get you know, like eighteen blenders because that's what they buy whenever <laughs> they steal your credit card. I don't know. This is an aside. This is not our halftime segment. I don't know how normal this is, but I feel like I get like kind of a lot of credit card fraud alerts and things, and I have to cancel credit cards not infrequently. And just the other day, I got. Uh, actually, last night, I got a text that someone had successfully logged into but did not have the two-factor authentication for my Twitch account, which... You have a Twitch account? I have a Twitch account specifically just to play video games with Gary Nabby in Pennsylvania, and I've used it like five times, and there is no source of revenue for my Twitch account, and uh, someone in Russia had my password so i had to change my password man people be logging into my stuff i have to what games what games are you playing on twitch with gary and abby well obviously they're not playing they're watching but we're on the phone while we play so we were playing some spooky games we played the ps4 game erica which is a which was a full motion video uh looking like horror mystery thing and then we just started playing uh, the Return of the Oberdin, which is a very cool uh, mystery game with a green and white graphics, like vector graphics looking thing. And you are an insurance adjuster trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> every good, every good video game starts out with you're going to be an insurance adjuster. Exactly. Uh, you <laughs> uh, you go onto this ship where everyone died and you have a magical compass and you can see the moment that they died, and you have to figure out who they are and how they died for every single person on the ship. And so it's kind of like you get transported into like a 3D diorama of a single moment of death for every single person, and it's like hard to find the bodies or where the bodies used to be, and you don't know the names of anyone, you just have the ship manifest, and you have like a drawing of the people on the ship, and so it's a lot of deduction, and it's really fun. It's actually super good. So, but you're playing it, and they're just watching you play it, because that's what Twitch is. Yeah, so we're collaborating. Uh, Jen would probably argue we're not collaborating enough. We should be collaborating more. Uh, but I'm trying to be very collaborative and helping. They, they can choose what we do next, where we go, especially with the full motion video game, where it was just like discrete decisions, like say this, say that, you know, go here, go there. That's very easy to play on Twitch. Oberdin is a little more freeform, so it's a little harder to collaborate. And there's like a three to five second lag on Twitch. 
Um, so that makes it a little hard for the action-packed sections, but that isn't so bad usually on a mystery game. So anyway, I have a Twitch account. It is worth $0. Someone in Russia was trying to have access to it. Does anyone ever sponsor you or give you subs no, or I, any of those terms? I have no... I mean, I think maybe Gary Nabby subscribed, but it's not a paying whatever plus I don't know how Twitch monetization exactly works. I think I have one subscriber and I get no money, as you'd expect. There's, Twitch is weird because it's like you can have money and then they can also give you like, like tokens and then there's like something else, like a third thing. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I'm not uh, anywhere near. I, I have no concern about the monetization because I'm nowhere near doing so. So whatever. But anyway, it's fun to play with Gary Nabby. Someone hacked my account. Regardless, those bastards. That is yeah. not the topic. That that turned out to be a slightly lengthier site than I planned. I apologize for everyone listening to this who does not care about Twitch, which is everyone except mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you want to talk about, Nick? This one is your halftime suggestion. Well, in light of a recent sponsor of Disney Minus, I thought it might be time to uh, discuss a little bit of Disney Plus. I don't know if you have. Uh, subscribe to Disney Plus yet, but we have in my household, and we are pretty much enjoying it. I am excited to talk about it. I do not have Disney Plus, um, but I, I, it's a pretty solid offering. I have to admit, I am a little bit sucked into uh, the the hype, and Disney is just so good at marketing. Uh, however, we're not paying for it. Uh, we still don't really watch a lot of TV with Lily, who is very obsessed with Disney princesses, but we've so far mostly managed to keep that to storybooks um so we are i'm sure very soon we will be obligated uh once lily realizes that all of these have movies and aren't just books and songs uh, mm-hmm. but right now we're escaping unscathed and also we have the main thing i've heard about is that people who have verizon get a year for free except we have Verizon, but not the unlimited plan. So we don't get it for free. So I'm a little bit. Mm, mm-hmm. So anyway, no Disney plus for me, but I'm still happy to hear your thoughts and to talk about Disney generally. Well, we have Disney plus because it turned out it was, we already had a Hulu prime or Hulu without commercials, whatever that's called. And so it was literally only a dollar more a month to add Disney plus and gets Hulu and Disney and like something else. So, that's why we got it. But it's lovely so far. You get to watch things like The Mandalorian, which is the new Star Wars uh, show, which is nice and pretty good. Kind of short. Uh, very dark and moody. Have you heard the spoiler for the first episode of The Mandalorian? I have not. I've heard that it is good, and I have seen Baby Yoda. Which Is that Mandalorian, or is that something else? That's No, that's Mandalorian. Okay. That's the, that's the spoiler. Okay. So that Because at the very end of the first episode... Uh, there's a baby Yoda. We don't know how he's there, why he's there, what's going on. What is the timeline of Mandalorian? I think it's between episodes... Uh, I think it's just after episode six, so just after Jedi, but before the newest movie, so before uh, The Force Awakens, if I'm not mistaken. So as far as we know, Yoda is dead. Right. Before baby Yoda, Yoda would have died. Up. Yes, Yoda would have died at the end of uh, Empire. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I was thinking, I saw Baby Yoda, don't know much about Mandalorian, was wondering if this is supposed to be contemporaneous with Yoda being a baby, he's supposed to be like super old, so that would have to have been a real long time before the events of the show. 
which would have been he was really like nine nine hundred years old. Yeah, by the end of by before he died. So so we don't we don't know it. So right now it's a big mystery box of how it's playing out. Uh, but pretty good stuff nonetheless. Excellent. Yeah. That's not what I want to talk to you about. Okay. Basically, I want to talk to you a little bit about Disney because now that Disney's in the news and we can all kind of relate to this, um, talk about some of our favorite uh, Disney things and memories. And I'll admit to this. I'm not a huge and talking mostly about the core Disney movies, like the cartoon animated ones that you're thinking of because we can, uh, like obviously Star Wars now, technically Simpsons is a Disney property, but... That's the one, not the ones I want to talk about. I want to talk about like kind of the core stuff. Stuff that says uh, Disney of, on the title screen yeah, or Pixar. Much. When, you, when you get the, uh, like, when you wish upon a star, like that, those ones from back in the day. Pixar, I'll, I'll give you that one. Uh, as an aside, for some reason, there's one half of my family, the spear side of my family, not like not actually my father, but like his siblings love them some Disney. I don't understand it. I've never heard it explained whatsoever, but they go all the damn time. I mean, it is Disney's pretty good. They do pretty good stuff. I mean, they're fine, but they go to the. It's not the movie so much. They go to the theme park a lot. Ah. In fact, my yeah, my even it's so much so that when one cousin worked as a uh, Disney um, mascot for over a year down in Florida wow. Disney World. Yeah, you know who would be able to contribute this discussion if he listened to the <clears> show <throat> a single time that is in our league. <laughs> Who doesn't listen I'm ever? Get, I'm guessing Alex. Yes, he goes to Disney. Ah. He has a pass to Disney because he lives right next to it. And he probably has thoughts about Disney. He has a child, the appropriate age to enjoy Disney or two. I don't know if Junior is big on Disney yet, but anyway. Yeah, but probably soon. Do you think he's? Do you think Alex is part of that like Club 33 or something like that? I have no idea what that is. There's like a sec- secretive, like super selective, not... It's pretty selective. Uh, club within Disney that you actually have to at Disneyland, if I'm not mistaken, and you actually enter through like a hidden door in a tree. And I'm not sure how you become a member, but you can. And I'm not sure exactly. I think it's like a restaurant kind of thing in there. And I don't know exactly what you get out of it, but it's a thing that exists, and only certain people can get into it. I am guessing he is not a member of that, but I don't have any basis for that. Fair point, but I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's incredibly fascinating. That's pretty cool sounding, yeah. It's like a speakeasy at Club Disneyland and Disney World. I want to say 33. I'm just going to type this in. Hold on one second. Hmm. There is. I was actually correct on this. So it is Club 33. The original is in the heart of the New Orleans Square section of Disneyland. It was secretive, but is now well known with other similar clubs in Tokyo Disneyland. <laughs> okay. Corporate members pay an initiation fee of $40,000, while individual members pay $25,000 in addition to annual dues, which are about $12,000. They have Members have exclusive access to resort experiences, which vary depending on the type of membership, so maybe there's tiers. And in addition to the restaurants, you can also get into a jazz lounge. They sell booze there. I'm not sure why anyone would ever do this. I'm going to say more confidently that Alex is not a member. That is a lot of money. That is a crap ton of money for something that a jazz club and a restaurant. In 2011, there was a 14-year waiting list for new members. Yikes. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's crazy. But yeah, so that exists. 
It does. Yeah. So I was thinking that we would talk about perhaps our top three uh, classic Disney movies. Okay. I am quasi prepared to talk about a top three classic Disney movies, which will very self-centeredly define as movies that were coming around when I was a child. Classic starting in the late 80s through the early 2000s. My prime Disney consumption years. Correct. And so then I think instead of doing it in a hierarchical order, just you throw out your first one because I got a feeling that we're going to have a lot of overlap with these three. Yeah, I'm going to... So... As we have joked about many a time, I'm a little bit older than you, than a lot of people in the league. Yeah, you voted for Reagan. I know. <laughs> um, also, my sister, I have a sister who was born in 1977, uh, who is even older. And so she further kind of skews my cultural references a little older even than I am. So I do have probably a slightly earlier starting point for some of these things compared to some members of the league. Uh, certainly compared to E.G. Megan uh, Murphy, who was born in 1989. Uh, so I, my chronologically speaking, the ones that I care about start around 1989, which would be when I was six years old. Uh, so, and I think the consensus is that kind of the 70s and the early 80s sucked for Disney, relatively speaking, and they had the start of their renaissance uh with some big motion with some big animated movies and so that like the little mermaid was 1989 and beauty and the beast was 1991 and they're off and running uh so i definitely remember little mermaid being a big deal uh and i enjoyed it and beauty and the beast was an even bigger deal and i enjoyed that and my sister was obsessed with it um but the first big 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 one that i'm gonna say is aladdin in 1992 that is definitely one of my top three Disney childhood movies. I remember that movie in my mind, in my mind's eye, could be a, a slight distortion. That movie was in theaters for it felt like literally a year. Like it was definitely more than six months <laughs> it was in theaters and it just kept racking it up. I think it came out probably, well, I can look because I have a list in front of me. Uh, it came out in November of 1992, and I swear to God, it was still in theaters like in the summer of 1993. It had a Titanic-like run, and I mean Titanic, the movie, yeah. not the boat, uh, where it was just constantly in theaters for ever. Yes. Uh, so that was a big deal, and I super liked it. Uh, it. It is a good movie. That is one of my big three for sure. I was well. I was like, Lad was definitely gonna be on my my list. I think that's probably the movie I watched the most. As a child, not the movie, but of the Disney movies, definitely saw that one the most. I think the songs are probably the catchiest, mm-hmm. really. Um, and Robin Williams is like transcendent as a genie doing a bunch of references that I did not get as a child. But now I understand somewhat better because, you know, if you're doing Jack Nicholson and Humphrey Bogart impressions and like Groucho Marx, that's going to go over a seven-year-old's head. Yeah. But totally good movie. Man, holds up. Did you see the live action one? No, I have not seen. I haven't seen almost any of the live action ones. There's so many. Like, I think we started Aladdin and just didn't finish it because we know where this was going. Um, But that was, it seems pretty decent. Um, We'll get the other live action ones as we go. What is your favorite song from Aladdin? 
I probably just like um, one jump, uh, just in general, just the big opening, running away scene, and the you know introduction to Aladdin uh, himself. I think that's probably my favorite. Okay, that's fair. That's a decent one. Uh, mine is the the introduction song where he's Prince Ali, fabulous mm-hmm. Ali Ababa. Yeah, yeah, with him like when Apu gets turned into the elephant. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's mine. Prince Ali, fabulous, and we can't sing anymore because copyright purposes. Let me tell you, uh, quick aside on this. As I mentioned, a lot more listening to Disney stories than watching them with Lily. So there's a series of things called um, Song and Story. And so if you search on Spotify, Song and Story, and you find a playlist, uh, which is made by someone named Sawyer Loves Five. Uh, there's <laughs> okay. a whole bunch of Disney movies that are on this playlist, and they're read by voice actors and actresses. And they have uh, small clips from the movie with like the the main movie, but it's mostly just read out loud. Uh, most of them are like 15 minutes long. Some of them are a little shorter. Like there's a Peter Pan one that's like nine minutes long, and that's like notably short freaking aladdin i'm gonna click it just to verify i'm not crazy aladdin the song and story narrated by chuck riley is 57 minutes long it's like the whole movie with like almost nothing cut out every other one is like less than 20 minutes and aladdin for some reason is flipping 57 minutes so if you want to listen to all of aladdin search Aladdin storyteller on Spotify. It's bananas. Sir, I would challenge you to edit that uh, glorious movie down into less than 57 minutes. Yeah. It is. I, well, there's a Aladdin read along book that comes with a CD. uh, And I ripped that onto my phone and that's a breezy, like 18 minutes. And that's uh, narrated by Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh. That is 18 minutes and 48 seconds long. So it can say, can be done. That sounds relaxing, just having Winnie the Pooh tell me the Aladdin story. He doesn't sound Who like bothered? Winnie the Pooh, unfortunately, but it's no. the same voice actor. Fine. I know. Now I'm not interested anymore. Anyway, Aladdin's great. Apparently it's hard to cut down. 18 minutes is also long for a song and uh, a read-along book. The other ones are like 12 minutes. So apparently there's just a lot going on in Aladdin and Disney cannot be bothered to make it short. Yeah, exactly. So whatever. They couldn't be bothered to hire like, you know, uh, ethnic actors for a long time. So I can't imagine that them trying to cut these things down is even within their radar. Yes. See, I mean, I now made it political. There you go. Way to go. Uh, some yeah, thank you. man, you know, like uh, some Disney movies don't age well on the politics. Uh, Peter Pan, a lot of a lot of stuff about natives, a lot a lot of Indians <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. go great. Uh, obviously, Aladdin has his issues. They had to edit the song at the beginning of the movie, uh, talking about cutting off your ear if they don't like your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's there's issues. Well, oh, there's the Okay, well, two things. One, you see recently that Disney put some uh, title cards in front of certain older movies that are objectively racist. 
and they didn't do quite a good enough job. They could have done a better job, but we had, uh, it was delivered in the first place. And the idea was like, okay, let's not like basically uh, sanitize all these things. Let's show people what people thought was acceptable back in the day. So they got into a little bit of heat because they could have done better because uh, Warner Brothers had did a similar thing, but it was like they said something more along the lines of, to sanitize it now would be to pretend that racism and all these things didn't exist. And we don't want to do that. So we're putting this out in its original form. You have to understand that these were cultural stereotypes that weren't appropriate then, but were acceptable, and they're clearly not appropriate now. Disney didn't quite do the hard enough language on it. Fair. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also what the the like crows who are might as well be in blackface in, in Dumbo. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, those ones are not not that great, but Dumbo also is a kind of stupid movie. And there's that scene where he's totally drunk or high. That's kind of weird. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He gets like it's like essentially like he ate mushrooms. Yeah, it gets yeah. real trippy. Yeah, that's a movie I have no interest in ever watching ever again in my entire life. Even the live action one, because well, Tim Burton did it. At this point, I don't like it. Like Tim Burton stuff. Which brings me to my next one. See, transitional material. Way to go. This is what makes a good podcast. Uh-huh. This, it's, it's a bit of a cheat, but technically it applies, even though it's not quite animation because it's stop motion. But this is within the canon. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Ah, nice choice, nice choice. Yes. I think Pound for Pound has the best songs. Uh, Meg Collins hates this movie, even though I don't think she's ever actually seen it, because she's confused as to whether or not it's a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. And <laughs> so that's just that amount of confusion is like, no, I, so I, 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 can't, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to get behind this. And it makes sense. I think you can't really watch it leading up to Halloween. You have to watch more leading up to Christmas because you can go with the memory of what Halloween was and it becomes a Christmas movie versus you don't want to throw Christmas into your Halloween because you want it to be spooky and scary, but you can put a little bit of spooky, scary into your Christmas and it comes about much more palatable. So it sounds but, like it's a perfect Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, that I, you know, I've said that many times and it's about right. Even though they, uh, they have obviously the, um, they go to, he, when he stumbles through the, uh, woods and finally finds a, that's ring of doors with the different holidays. There's actually the Thanksgiving town. And I don't know what that would be like. Like that one in the Easter town and like the St. Patrick's Day town. I don't know what vibe they got going on. The St. Patrick's Day town is either going to be really racist or really drunk. Not really sure what's going to happen with that. But the Halloween town and Christmas town are both lovely because at least like those are general vibes and not like specific things. Like Thanksgiving doesn't really have a specific overeating. Sorry, I take that back. It's a very specific meal in one day, but there's not like we're leading up to Thanksgiving cheer. Like there's yeah. no you, cornucopias and like brown tones only go so far. Like Thanksgiving town is pretty much the um, like the human race in Wally. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's like right. no one can move. They're just too fat. A lot of tryptophan naps, mm-hmm. being very fat. Um there's just food all over the place. There's just like a lot of waste. Yeah. Yeah. But then, so in Halloween town, they like, the weird thing is they have Halloween once a year still, even though it's their entire town. Like they spend the entire year getting ready for it. In Thanksgiving town, they presumably would have to do the same thing. So they just spend their entire time waiting in order to have one gloriously fat meal. Yes. 
Well, it's a good thing they didn't try to show that in the movie. That would be bad, yes. Yeah. Uh, were you a fan, or are you a fan of Nightmare Before Christmas? I like it. I can't say for sure. I feel like I didn't see it for the first time until several years after it came out. I see now it came out in 1993, which is right in this prime range of quality Disney action. I, I probably didn't see it until like 99 or something. So I never, I didn't have the childhood nostalgia for it. Um, but it's definitely very good. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I think it's well done. I like it, but I didn't like, I wasn't obsessed with it as a kid. That's fair. I mean, if you don't hit those things in like this very specific wheelhouse, you're not going to be as big a fan of it. It's like saying, are you a huge fan of frozen? It's like, well, no, I like the movie. It was fine, but it's going to hit kids way harder than it's going to hit us when we watched it because we came out when we were in our 20s or 30s. To the contrary, Frozen is not only not childhood nostalgic for me, it is grossly overrated. Oh, hot takes. I said it. Frozen. Hot takes. Okay. What? But like, it's, inside. it's not on your list, but what makes Frozen overrated? Uh, the story is only okay. Uh, the only good thing about it is Olaf's funny song. That I was going to, one of my things to counteract that was going to say, if you don't like Olaf's song, you're a cold heart monster person. Yeah, I am not that ice monster. Uh, also, uh, at the very beginning of the movie, when they have baby Sven, that's very cute as well. So pretty much the humans in Frozen and the trolls don't really do it for me, but the snowman and the reindeer, A+. I don't understand what's up with the trolls. Like, why do they even exist in that movie? Very unnecessary, yes. Uh, like, Okay, here's, here's my thing. Here's what I don't like about Frozen. I don't like a lot of the jokes mid-song. Like this, they, they do a lot of asides, like, you know, when they're like, we think we always complete each other's sandwiches. And, uh, when they, and like the troll song talking about how it goes against nature, that he loves the reindeer, things like, like, there's a lot of like random asides mid song that are not actually very funny. And they're obviously intended for adults. Uh, you know, a kid does not have the uh, their expectations subverted by them saying we complete each other's sandwiches. That is only for adults, but it's not that funny. And so I don't like the sense of humor of Frozen very much, except Olaf. Yeah, the, the sandwiches joke is pretty awful because it's something that, like, every other TV show's had at some point mm-hmm. in for the last 15 years that someone's made that stupid-ass joke. Yep. Uh, but yeah, but the Olaf one, that's the one where that the entire song is subverting expectations. I think that one's really well done. Yeah. I like that one. Like, I don't know. The, it's the, it's the putt. What's whatever the line is when he gets to, uh, it ends up being a, you think he's going to say puddle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he's like, I can't remember what the line is, but you think he's going to say puddle. And, and it says happy snowman. Else. Yeah. That one's good. Yep. There are a few, those ones are good. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. Like the plot is just not very good of frozen. I don't like, falling in love with Hans, the lame guy. I don't like the, I don't think that, uh, Elsa is like very likable. Like she, they said that they rewrote the movie. Like she was going to be just a straight up villainous. And then they're like, we couldn't do that. We wanted to, we realized she had to be, you know, uh, vindicated. And they, they, like, we wanted her to be redeemed. And it's like, no, like it obviously was kind of tacked on to make her 
them like bond again as sisters. I just don't like the plot. I don't like the vibe. I just don't like it. I think Let It Go is an overrated song. No, no. Frozen, only okay if that. Oh, I just feel a hate mail coming in yep. right now. I, I'll, I could, I will get ones and ones of angry emails. Bring it on. <laughs> Podcast at fancyfantasyfootball.com. <laughs> that is basically saying, come at me, bro. Yep. And by that, you mean, come at me. Broads. I ain't scared because I'm willing to bet that none of the men are going to get all up in your grill. But I'm willing to. Bet, I Meg Collins is definitely going to get up in your grill on this. I'm guessing Meg Murphy. I think Jen. If I, you would know her action obviously better than me. But I'm thinking she'd be like, yeah, it's about right. Yeah, Jen also thinks that Frozen's overrated. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Well, okay, so I've done my two because I include Aladdin. What is your second? So we can move this along because we are. You know, halftime is the best eight, part of the show, for, obviously. Yeah, obviously. For a side that we were both like, meh, I'm not sure if this is the strongest one we've ever done, but we really can't top next. Last week, we were both like spending a lot of time dissecting Disney movies. Yes. Uh, again, I am not subverting expectations here. Uh, the next one, the next big Disney animated movie, Lion King, 1994. Another seminal moment of my childhood. Although, again, I was 11, so I wasn't that young. <laughs> Uh, but it's super good. Very, well, just a great movie. Great songs. Fantastic. Way to go, Disney. You were rocking it in the early 90s for sure. Yay, Hamlet in the form of uh, lions with, with Jeremy Irons. Yeah, man. Is it Hamlet or Macbeth? Is it, it's Hamlet, right? Yeah, because his uncle kills his father and essentially marries his mother. So yeah, it's Hamlet, right? There's there's an enotes.com question is it true that Disney's The Lion King more closely parallels Hamlet than Macbeth? Expert answer by Ian David Clark III, certified educator. I would say that you're correct. It is true that Disney's The Lion King more closely parallels Hamlet than Macbeth. Consider, for instance, that both The Lion King and Hamlet involve a prince struggling to avenge the murder of his father and oppose his treacherous uncle. Just as Claudius murders King Hamlet to gain power over Denmark, Scar murders Mufasa to take control of Pride Rock and the territory controls. Following this act... Click here to unlock this answer now. Mm. I'm not going to pay money to get more information, but yes, Hamlet. Have you ever heard the comparisons between Lion King and I think it's a Japanese movie called Kimba the White Lion? No, I have not. Did you say Kimba? I think it's Kimba. Like they, they, didn't even... they even phonetically ripped off the name of the lion? Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kimba the White Lion is a movie that came, is a Japanese movie. I'm correct about this. And it came out, starting in 65. Oh, huh. that's a yeah, long time. Yeah, so it's real old. Yeah, okay, so there's a 1965 series, a 1966 film, and I guess there's some other versions. Yeah, so it's Kimba, not Simba, and like even a lot of the imagery comes straight. You can look up these videos and you can see that the imagery comes straight from, a lot of the imagery in The Lion King comes straight from Kimba, the white lion. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like a uh, a blatant ripoff, which I think they've now started to say it's an homage, but it's really it's basically just like whitewashed it. Bummer. Did they not get sued yeah. or anything? They just got away with it. I think they just got away with it. I'm sure if I had to guess that Disney somehow owned it because <laughs> they own everything. Yeah, especially or now. They bought the, like yeah, well, of course. But there's a lot of similarities, like even with like the father dying and then showing back up in the clouds and then uh, some of the shots are taken. 
man, I'm, yeah, I'm just looking at some of these shots and like, wow, you guys just didn't even try. So I take it by your response uh, that the Lion King is not one of your top three. You no, actually, I, I would have said the Lion King is in my top three. Oh, all right. Yeah. So that because that's what honestly that was going to be my t- uh, third one anyway. So it's nice that you picked it. All right. So you've got Aladdin, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Lion King, 1992, 1993, 1994. Oh, man. Really hitting my wheelhouse, yeah. then, huh? I was really just primed up for Disney movies. And also, they are independently excellent movies, aside from you being the correct age for them. True. With some really uh, bonkersly good so- soundtracks. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then you gave us... Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin King. and then Lion King. And so then, what's your number three? Again... You could probably, if you got three guesses, I bet you would get it. Uh, here, I'll give you three guesses. Okay. So I would, I think my number one guess would be, because if we're talking about the same time period, I think you and I are both kind of hitting the same right there. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is right there. So I'm going to my first guest. No, not Beauty and the Beast. No. That was more my sister's okay. jam. That So my sister growing up, as I said, she's older than me. Uh, she really liked Alice in Wonderland and she's blonde. And so she kind of related uh but then when beauty and the beast came out that quickly became her number one um so that was, uh, that was more my sister's thing than mine okay what i'm thinking of trying to come up what came out right then so i'm looking up a bunch of, mm-hmm. of the list yeah oh but for you number two is gonna be mulan even though it came out much later no 98 actually embarrassing admission i have never seen mulan hmm. mm-hmm Technically, I have, but not in a long, long time. All right. right. You got one guess left. I thought this would be too easy. I want to say it's going to be Hercules, but it's a little bit late. I said Aladdin. I'm trying to hit this time period just right. It's not going to be Pocahontas. That doesn't seem like a jam. I fear. Go ahead. Have you mentioned it already? I don't think so. I don't remember everything that I've talked about, but I don't think I mentioned it. I will say... I'm a little afraid. I guess this is too big of a hint, but I feel like there's a chance you are categorically alighting over this movie. I think it is too obvious to not guess. And so for that reason, I am concerned that you might be completely omitting it from the realm of possibilities. Okay, but we did say animated. So I know I have a stretch with my uh, stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. So that too big. What am I missing? What am I missing? I mean... 1995, one year after Lion King. Not Pocahontas. I mean, I'm look, literally looking at a list and thinking, it's not because uh, not Peter Pan's earlier than that. Uh, I got nothing. Tell me. Toy Story. Oh. Wasn't sure if you were oh, just avoiding Pixar I, altogether. It was obviously the relationship know. is a little back and forth between those companies. But at this time, it was very much disney's pixar uh yeah uh, i don't think it was actually because didn't they put that out first before there was i think there was the first pixar movie yes it is and then i mean i, I don't think disney would have bought them bought pixar without having some sort of product but i honestly don't know if uh disney had bought pixar at that point but counts because it's obviously part of the uh original and you're right that is way too obvious it was just you're right i was categorically removing that from my head because i'm thinking like more classic disney movies but fair enough it looks like walt disney bought them in 2006 way later 
Uh, so it was just a Steve Jobs joint, maybe in 1995. Anyway, man, when's that guy gonna catch a break? Right. <laughs> uh, so yes, except he's dead. So you know, I know. What are you gonna do? Toy Story, man. super good. Pixar movies in general, super good. Um, but yeah, so this was the first one, Biggie. Uh, obviously, I'm a dork, as you also know. So the fact that it was a 100% computer animated movie was a big deal at the time, and I thought that was cool. And in my and in my mind at the time, the graphics were amazing. Now, if you watch Toy Story one, it's uh, shockingly rudimentary. But uh, yeah, really like Toy Story a lot. And uh, again, it's right in the right time period. What's that like? They'd set like their own style, so now it's not even like it seems like you could obviously animate things much better because like the live action sort of Lion King recently is completely computer generated but looks photo real. Yeah. So I would think that it might look weird because they probably had to do very basic shots. Uh, you know, they couldn't didn't want to do a lot of like camera moves or have too many characters on at the same time, which is why it's nice that it's basically self contained within almost entirely the bedroom until they have to crawl out the window. But I think it I bet it holds up better than you think it does. I haven't seen it in a while though. I mean, yeah, it's definitely like a cartoonish CG, but like just the the amount of detail is so sparse that it's like it doesn't it's like something that like a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3 could render in real time. Uh and it's it like just doesn't at the time it came out I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so detailed, so amazing." And now it's like so smooth and shiny that like you're your phone could do it so easily. Like any, like probably a calculator could, you know, generate Toy Story at this point. You're probably correct, and I think it was pro- that was a good move by the animators to choose a subject matter where you could possibly have things that are literally made out of plastic. Yeah, s- so smooth you, and shiny is a lot easier yeah, to do than like skin. You know, yeah, and then by the time you get to Monsters Inc., you have like individually rendered hairs on Sully. You know. Yeah. And that was a scant six years later in 2001. Well, was it Bell's rule or Del- Dell's rule that's only recently not held up where processing power? Moore's Law, basically... I believe. Sure. Moore's I Law. Dell had something to do with it, but I trust you. Was it And was it processing power doubles every year? So the shorthand is often that it is processing powers, but technically the actual Moore's Law is the number of transistors on a chip. Uh, but that okay, scales which... with speed very accurately, but but it is specifically supposed to be like the transistors. Got it. Okay, so that's one of those ones where people have dumped down that uh, law, and I'm using quotes, enough that people just assume it becomes processing power, but really it's something kind of different, kind of like Murphy's Law. Indeed. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Word. Toy Story. I think you had three strong selections, my friend. Thank you. You too. I mean, mine were obviously better, but then again, sound off in the comments. You know, <laughs> like, and su- like, like and subscribe. Absolutely. Well, that was a pretty good discussion. I wanted to give honorable mentions. Um, as I said, like probably the first one that I remember being really big, live action wise, was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in 1989. Uh, so I was like six. <laughs> I remember that being such a big deal. And so fun, the the the, the crazy sense of scale. Um so that was like right. That's like my first big Disney movie in theaters that I can think of. Um, but other ones, Mighty Ducks, nineteen ninety two, uh, 
Uh, loved it. Sand- if you were a kid, if you're a kid of our similar age and you didn't love Mighty Ducks, and then all of a sudden want to start playing roller hockey, something wrong with you. Yeah, I was surprised. I don't know why, but uh, the Santa Claus is much older than I thought. That was 1994. For some reason, that's like a little more modern in my mind. But that's like in between Lion King and Pocahontas was the the Santa Claus. Remember Can the Titans all- was 2000, and I always forget that that's a Disney movie until Jen recently watched it. Because uh, you need to figure out what strong side left side meant. Exactly. Yeah. And really, the most important live action Disney movie that I always forget is Disney movie is 2004's National Treasure starring Nicolas Cage. Now that is a movie. <laughs> Quality. Cinema. I like that. I like that movie. It's fantastic. It's exactly what you want it to be. Exactly. It accomplishes its goal very well. I like that movie. I I un. I unironically enjoy that movie. It's fantastic. The movie's good. Yep. I mean, the sequel's also basically the same thing, but not quite as good. Exactly. But yeah. I wish and there were backing, three more of them. Uh, just backing up one tick, because I think this is my job on the podcast, is to point out all the bad things that someone has done. Why we always keep giving Tim Allen, whose real name is Tim Dick, true story. Huh. Uh, the last name is literally Dick. Uh, pass for being a convicted drug dealer. Yeah, and just uh, an annoying Republican now. So, I mean, it's just, he, he <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Keep giving him pass for stuff. I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. We all said it was fine to do three years in federal prison for dealing drugs. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, it wasn't it wasn't a petty offense. Yeah. Dude did real time. Yeah. He, pe- people just loved Home Improvement, man. And it's like, like no, who else could grunt on TV? There's only one man for the job, and that's Tim Allen. He's irreplaceable. Man, you can't just get anyone to grunt. Nope. It's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember he he built uh, like the man's kitchen or in, in the man's bathroom or whatever the other junk it was? I mean, vaguely, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I recall things I, needing more power. Uh, uh, oh, everything needed more yeah. power. Yeah. So I rewired it. There you go. I got to tell you, I did like the show at the time. Yes, me too. And I sort of hate myself now for it. Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, kumbaya yep. okay we've had that we've had that uh, realization we've said it out loud mm-hmm. and admitting it is the first step yep all right then all i know is yeah. i have it damn it all i know is you just need it all i know is we just thank you for joining us for an extra long podcast half time all right man uh, let's do a super quick look at week 12. We've kind of talked about some of the matchups a little bit. Um, so let's breeze through them and make our bets, uh, because we need to end this interminable, but delightful podcast. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Let's do this. Exactly. So I'm going to go middle out. Uh, I've got good enough and <laughs> smart enough versus what's that? It, the Pats, excellent rename by Casey Johnson. Uh, this one, we've got a couple of teams that are not set at all. We've got only six people in the starting lineup for each. Uh, but of course, I'm going to go with the invested party who is always setting up his lineup and is currently in second place, Casey Johnson, over Meg Murphy. I don't anticipate that Meg Murphy's going to have a complete lineup. And frankly, things have just not panned out for her and like the Browns. We had high hopes and they're just not going to be fulfilled. So I hope you enjoy your Pilates class. Don't with Casey. All right. Next we've got 
Russ Wilson's Football Planet versus the Ignorant Sluts. Uh, also, some bye week woes for both teams here. Uh, but Meg Collins is currently sitting prettier, and Jen has serious quarterback problems because she traded for an excellent quarterback, but now he's on bye, along with Stefan Diggs and Damon Williams and Michael Bagley, her kicker. Uh, so she's got a lot of one-offs to replace as well. So that's not great. Unfortunately, harming her playoff chances. I'm going to have to go with Mike Collins in this one. I'm sorry, Jen. Did, did you want, did you want to say that a little, a little quieter hey. that way? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Collins on this one. Sorry, Jen. Okay. Good call. I'm also going with Mike Collins. Bummer. Yeah. Those are the rules. Next. I've got Peristaltic Chain Reaction versus You Can't Beat the Mingo. And I'm going to go with, obviously, not Alex, who has only won one time against the hapless Nick Spear. Uh, I'm going to go with You Can't Beat the Mingo. Uh, I think you're a real son of a bitch. And I think it's the second time I've called you that in this podcast. At least. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, going with Gary. Even though you can you can't beat the Mingo. You have demonstrated that. Yeah. Uh, you can't beat to the Alex, apparently. You can't lose to the Alex, except once. Son of a bitch. Now. Three, three times. Yep. Uh, the Girly Men versus Vance Down by the River. This is probably, standings-wise, our closest match of the week. 4-17 uh, and 17 versus a 6-5 and five team. But points scored-wise, this is not close. And uh, the boost has to be favored. And I'm going with the boost. Well, the rules are you can't pick the boost, and I, I think that, I think Dak Prescott shows up. Christian McCaffrey will probably have another bonkers game, but I don't like any of uh, Boost's quarterbacks. I think Dak Prescott shows up this week, so I'm actually going with Annalisa. Oh wow, you really don't like the boost? Yeah. Well, here's the other thing: is that I have to start picking uh, opposite against you because if we just pick the same things, then we tie, and I still lose this whole matchup. Mm, that's true. You have to you have to go yeah. for the underdog strategy. You have to go for high variance. Yeah. Last but not least, the match of the week for this podcast that would be, uh, what's up, Mingo dead by being a beaten versus Bill Swirsky superfans, host on host violence for the second time this season. Uh, oh yeah you have a complete lineup and i have everyone except for a tight end uh and you are favored by seven points i will not get a seven point backup tight end so you will be favored at kickoff and this is gonna shock you mm. but i'm gonna bet on myself for the 12th week in a row you always bet on yourself except when i didn't bet on myself and then i ended up losing anyway so uh, I'm also taking me because again, I need to be a little bit contradictory to you at this point. Um, important thing: should we reinstate the bet from our previous matchup? And I forget what that was. There was the singing bet. Oh yeah, karaokeing the song of choice. Song of choice as picked by the respective. Yes, players. I we absolutely should do that again, and I hope that I win again because that was fantastic. Hey, just make sure if you do win, which you won't, but if you do. Again, you won't, but if you do, make sure it's something I can have a lot of false settle with. I'm thinking maybe a little bit Jonas Brothers, because they seem to be high-pitched. Well, I have maybe had little, some... Maybe a little Prince? I've had some lengthy discussions about the Jonas Brothers song, The Year 3000, so I would be happy to hear a Nick Spear version of The Year 3000 by Jonas Brothers. Absolutely. I am, 
I have no idea what that song is. I genuinely do not. So let me tell you that that song has a plot, and that plot makes no sense. <laughs> I will. I look forward to you not beating me, so I don't have to listen to that song. Yeah. But that being that being said, I like this bet. Let's do it. All right, it's a deal. Whoo, man! Now that is how you get through a week. Fantastic. Or two weeks. Or three. Yeah, let's just do. Let's just record the podcast for the next three weeks anyway. <laughs> let's just do it now. Let's do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah. Uh, no, it's literally it's literally that because uh, is that uh, Bill O'Reilly? I think so. I do not remember. Pretty sure. Anyway, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be done. This is already long enough. I had fun. I hope you did too. It's good to have you back. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back, audience. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And I think I think that's gonna have to do it for this week. I mean that 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 was about enough. I hope we're really maximizing this podcast where we're minimizing the football and maximizing the halftime so well done i think that's what everyone really wants and also i'll i'll remind everyone in case it wasn't patently obvious we aren't actually experts so it's probably best to talk about our subjective opinions of disney movies than it is to pretend to accurately predict football so fair fair points well said as always pat thank you sir thank you for your time and good day to you and good day to you. Strength and honor. Ta-ta! Toodles. <laughs>